My next guest is a producer out of Chicago. He signed a closed sessions alongside previous podcast guests, Mother Nature, and he recently produced their project, Seasons. He also has produced for Bun B and Dave B, among many other artists. It's my pleasure to introduce Boathouse. Back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Boathouse. What's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing, Blake? Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> Bro, I've, I have I didn't realize until I interviewed Mother Nature that I've been a fan of your work for about a year. Oh no way! It's it's pretty cool because before the pandemic, it must have been because the pandemic started in like March for when there was like the lockdowns. Right, right. You and Closed Sessions dropped the Closed Sessions and Boathouse EP somewhere yep. be- before the pandemic, but it was in 2020, I think. Yeah, was it? I think it might have been late 2019, maybe. Um, I know I got it on my uh, my Spotify here somewhere, but yeah, it was somewhere around there. I, cause I remember it was crazy because... Early 2020, maybe? I think it was early 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I was listening to it because I, I I'm always on like hip hop blogs and like your your guys's uh album was like spotlight on a hip hop blog and I was like oh shit let me Dope. check this out highly enjoyed it but I was asking people about it I was like have you checked out the news closed sessions EP yeah and I didn't know if closed sessions was a record label at that time or if it was a person or a producer I didn't know sure. if you had like, had collab with closed sessions as a producer and they were a producer too I had no idea what it was yeah so i was just telling people has have you guys checked this out have you checked this out and like no one knew what it was and then I'm, i realized dave b was on, on it also and i was like oh shit dave b's from seattle seattle right. artists must have checked this out like i knew no one who had checked out the project in seattle at least i was like well i'll just listen to it on my own and then i kind of forgot about the project but i i had like some of the songs in the in my like playlist but i, I forgot about boathouse like forgot about closed sessions and then Mm-hmm. Mother Nature was like, oh, yeah, we're signed to closed sessions. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. So that's how I was introduced to you. <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, dude. Close, me and closed sessions have been working together for a while now. I want to say close to like six or seven years. And um, I guess like it's easier to refer to it as a label. Okay. But it's, it's like more of a management kind of... Uh, like uh, like a management kind of a thing. So Alex Fructor, DJ RTC, he's one of my managers, and then Michael Kolar is my other one, and they both run closed sessions. Okay. Mike does more of the studio stuff, so all the mixing and all that that comes uh, with the projects that we put out is pretty much handled by Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also he's like planned tours and stuff that we've been on and stuff like that too. So he kind of holds that down, and then Alex is really like. I guess El Prez, you know, he's like the president of the whole thing. So 
it's easy to refer to it as a management thing, but it's more like, yeah, like a, like a, um, or a label, but it's more like management and kind of a, a place for artists to sort of find their voice. Yeah. Provide resources. Yeah. We, we have that in Seattle too. I just, inter- I just went through like their whole roster basically. There's this little management record label thing. I don't want to call it little. It's it's a management record label deal mm-hmm. called um, Day One Entertainment, and it was it was a cool ass thing. Like the one of their artists, Campana, he just released this project that was like the soundtrack for the short film, and like he rented out like a movie theater and like had like a showing for it. Oh, dope! It, it was it was dope, but it's I feel like none of these are just like popping out of nowhere like anyone that has these like independent management record labels it's almost like they start out as one and figure out they can be both at the same time but it seems like anything that's formed like that has been like a long time coming like um i forget there was just um i interviewed this artist out of oregon this guy named like mike bogan and he was he was signed to like a similar deal and then i was looking at your previous like written interviews Cause I forgot those. I I forgot those were a thing. Honestly, yeah, do I know. People, right? Do people read those? I feel like people are just more into like audio or video. But I was. Uh, I know I am. I mean, <laughs> yeah, me for sure. Video, please. Yes, and like closed sessions was interviewing you, right? While you're like coming aboard as an actual producer. So that was that was interesting to see that closed sessions had been around since for a you for when when you were assigned. Like that was back in 2016. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was like, I I just heard of closed sessions in 2020. So I was like, that's wild. It's been around for that long already, like five years. Yeah, dude. I mean, even longer than that. It's um, it's kind of taken different shapes over over time. Um, but yeah, it, it's gone through a bunch of iterations, and we've had you know other artists come and go and be a part of the squad for a while, and then move on to do other things. Um, but for me, I was there working in the studio as an intern and going to school and really the ultimate goal is always to be um, a producer and make music um, using the studio work as kind of a way to sort of, I guess, get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. And it pretty much did exactly that. And I've, I've just stayed over there. It's got all the resources that I need to kind of keep going and keep experimenting and that sort of thing. Is it, is that like a classic, way on how to become like a producer like intern or is that um well i mean like the internship wasn't necessarily an internship uh to become a producer it was a studio internship to become an engineer Mm. so that's another thing that i do is I, i record and mix and master um which lends itself a lot to production work uh especially when you're in the studio with an artist and you're making a beat or whatever they're writing and then when it comes time to record it's like all i need to do is be like okay cool let me go set the mic up for you and then boom we're we're recording like seamlessly um but i think it's one of the ways that people get their foot in the door you know i mean you hear stories of just people just showing up places like studios or being around artists and just like making themselves useful and i think that's kind of what I saw as uh, my opening. It's just, let me just be here, um, make myself useful, not be like, uh, not overextend myself or, or overstay my welcome per se, but what needs to be done at the studio? Can I do it? Can I, you know, take the trash out? Can I dust the board, put the, put the mic away, wrap cables? And then in free time, 
I can use that space. Um, Michael Kolar, who owns the studio, uh, he would open that up to me after intern work was done, you know, Hey, no one's in here today. So why don't you go ahead? If you want to make beats, go ahead and make beats. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) 24 at the time. And I'm making beats on, you know, my KRK monitors at home shouts out to them. But like, you know, you get in front of like a $10,000, like (laughs) studio setup. It's just like a whole different machine and definitely inspiring for a young kid too. So like a kid in a candy shop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Still am, you know? Yes. Wait, so how old were you when you first got the internship? I thought it was like 20 or something. Um, I think I must have been like 22 or 23, something okay. like that. Yeah, I lose tracks like of all that stuff. I wish I was talking to um, my manager, Alex, the other day and just saying like, I wish I would have kept like a journal or something hmm. like through all this stuff. But yeah, it was like, I think about early 20s, you know, 23. And how did that feel? Did it feel like it came at the right time? Do you Were you ever feeling like, get, get out of high school, whether you're in college or not, 18 to 23, I feel like you almost feel like you're like in limbo at times. Did you feel like you were in limbo at all or were you happy with things happening at that rate? Yeah, I think, I mean, at the time, I think it's exactly what I needed. Um, I was still going to school. I was going to Columbia College in the city here um, and I, I was getting what I needed from school. Like, I think in hindsight, I can say I was getting what I needed at the time. But um, at at the moment, I was just like, let me get in the studio. I just need to get in the studio. I'm learning what I need to learn at school, but I don't enjoy it. I enjoy the, like, school process. Um, and I think it, it really did come at a right time for me. And I had I had the mindset at the time, too, where it's like, this is where I want to be. So I'll do whatever I can to stick around. And there was like another intern there at the time too. So we're kind of like sort of competing for like, I guess a job that like may or may not exist. There might not be room for another engineer, you know, but I'm just like, this is where I want to be. Soundscape studios in Chicago and closed sessions. Like they're right on top of each other where I was interning. So uh, that's like where, you know, chance and all the save money guys like were making music at the time or like right before I kind of showed up so they would still be sort of in and out so I knew that this place had like a legacy um and I wanted to be a part of it you know or I wanted to just be around that and uh it did it did come at the right time but you know I'm looking back at it you know I'm 23 I'm broke and like you know it's just like it's a weird time, you know, it's very weird, but I was ready to like, I was hungry and like really ready for the grind, I think. Yes. Yeah. Were you, were you, you were born and raised in Chicago, by the way, or? I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in uh, St. Louis Park, Minnesota, which is right outside Minneapolis. So how'd you get back into Chicago then? Well, um, school for the most part, okay. but my aunt and uncle, my, uh, my mom's sister, uh, they live out here. Awesome. And so I was coming to Chicago like, you know, a couple times a year anyways as a kid growing up. And were, were you going to school for music or what were you going to school for? Yeah, I just actually saw you had Noah Sims on. I yeah. listened to that episode and uh, he was going to Columbia for, I think he said, audio design and production. And that's the same thing I went for. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. What is so that yeah, school? Is that school just focused on? It's like a music school. So if people say that, is that? It's like an art school. Um, You know, it's like you can do music like classic classically trained like musicians go there but there's also like 
you know, video game design and theater and all types of like, just pretty much like technological arts. Um, but for me, yeah, it was, it was, uh, studio recording and engineering. Wait, so is it, do you think it's harder to become like a well-known producer if you don't go to school? Like do you, for, do you get more connections through going to school to become a producer or an audio engineer? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm sure some people would say that, yes, like that you do, you do kind of gain a lot from it and uh, it's easier to kind of get in there. But um, I think it's just like, you got to just want it like anything, you know? And like, if I didn't go to school, it's hard to, I think about this sometimes because I, I look back on like, going to school and like paying for college and with like a weird lens where like, I don't know if I, if it was worth it sometimes. And I don't know if, I mean, I, I don't think I really enjoyed it a Mm. lot of the time, but also it gave me a lot now that I'm realizing like a lot of fundamentals and like, um, even the times where I would be like some of those teachers there, like shouts out to Columbia and all that. I mean, it gave me, it gave me a lot, but like um, some, some of the teachers, especially in like the, the audio side of things uh, they tend to be from a different generation, I guess, let's say. And Mm. I had a couple of them kind of talk down on sort of what I was doing with working at a studio that primarily uh, records hip hop music as kind of an issue. Okay. they're like go go to another studio that does like bands you know learn how to record if you want to record and it's like i'm not really trying to like be a recording engineer like as my job i would like to be able to do that but i'm trying to like make music and produce um but yeah i mean i don't know i guess i kind of went off on a tangent a little bit but uh that's funny though like (laughs) people at the art score shitting on hip-hop that's funny it's weird, man. It was a weird thing. But, you know, fast forward to like the same studio that like some people were shitting on. It's like uh, that same person was asking one of us that was working there, like, I would love to come check out the studio one day. Like they seem to be hiring a ton of our students. And it's like, yeah, like <laughs> we're, it's a legit studio. It's yeah. not just like a, a bedroom with like a sock over the mic, you know. <laughs> Is Chicago a hip hop city, do you think? I would say so. It's a music city, you know, uh, you know, blues and stuff and house music, especially. Um, but yeah, I mean, a hip hop city for sure. You got like crucial conflict is from here, man. That's like a, like a OG hip hop group from out of here. That's, you know, it's huge back in the day and uh, Twista, Kanye, yes. Comet, you know, it's the list really goes on. And I think, I think a lot of the world, um, you know, I think you can trace back certain popular sounds right now in music in general, right back to Chicago in some way. I think you can easily draw a line. What is the what is the sound in Chicago? I think it changes. Like I think it evolves, and that's why it becomes the sound of everywhere a lot. Um, I mean, I think right now you have kind of more. I guess like post selection kind of sounding beats a lot of the times, you know, you got like Smino and Monty Booker are from out here, you know, yeah. I mean, Smino is from St. Louis, but like they, they operate out here, you know, and they're kind of like driving us down. You got Saba and you got us at closed sessions where I think we're kind of more, maybe a little bit more kind of um, 
sort of reminiscent of sort of like the old school hip hop kind of vibe a lot of the times. Who signed to closed sessions? Like besides like Mother Nature is when you guys had like Dave B and Kemba on it, those mm-hmm. two aren't signed to closed session. Were they just features or? Yeah. Yeah. So they're not signed. Um, they're in town, but basically they were in town at the time. But basically what we were doing is uh, um, closed sessions really started uh, with Alex and Mike um, doing these studio sessions where they'd have artists come in from out of town and they'd rap at a party that Alex would be DJing at in the oh. DJ booth next to them. Yeah. So like Freddie Gibbs and Action Bronson, like back in the day, you know, when they were kind of coming up, they'd show up to Chicago, they'd rap in the DJ booth at a, at a party and then wow. take it back to the studio and like lay some songs that they'd put out on the label. Um, so basically what we were doing was like a reincarnation of that with this, with that project, the um, our latest compilation where Dave B would come to Chicago, we'd throw a show and like he'd perform at the show. We go to the studio and we lock in with me and, make some beats, record some music. Same with Kemba. Kemba did a show and then come back to the studio. Same thing. So it was kind of like this newer version of that where these guys were coming in from out of town performing. And then the next day, Hey, let's hit the studio. We're there all day, just getting a song, you know, that's dope. That's see, I'm trying to create things similar to that. And here in Seattle, because so many people love touring to Seattle for some reason, like, yeah, they like people will say that's like one of their top places to tour whether like they want to start there or they want to end there like a big artist never want to be like in the middle they want to start or end there which is kind of cool like tyler he's um right. we have a new i was just telling our intern shout out Oli. <laughs> <laughs> um tyler the creator he's his last show uh, he's because he just announced his tour is going to be at <laughs> climate P- pledge arena which used to be a key arena um mm-hmm. It's in the Seattle Center next to like the Space Needle and all that, and they're, they've been doing like construction on it, like this entire pandemic. So gotcha. it's it's crazy to see like people are like that's the sh- that's like a place like Kanye or Drake would like perform at, or like Justin Bieber when yeah. he first came out, like people would like freak out over when he was like, um, dang, that's that's so dope that Tyler's at arena status now. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's crazy. This it's so cool to see like how people like uh evolve and mature, and I feel like you can tell when someone's gonna like tour and it's gonna be i don't know i feel like there's like a you can tell if someone's touring is going to be successful versus or like like how you were saying you guys could kind of see that like a freddie gibbs was going to like blow up and you like worked with him there's just like some energy they bring versus just someone that's just coming through town versus someone that is going to make shit happen yeah yeah i mean it's crazy and it's like it really is a gamble sometimes to be like Oh, this guy or this this person is going to be huge, you know. But I think what it really comes down to is like, I'm a fan of this person at this point, you yeah. know. Um, you know, I, I remember being in high school and getting like the double XL freshman cover with like Freddie Gibbs on it, yeah, and just downloading all his mixtapes and being like, dang, Freddie Gibbs is sick. I like this guy, you know. And then cut to now, Pitchfork and Lollapalooza and like all this stuff. Um, even like Dave B. I mean, Ooh. just being in the studio with him was like, uh, we had like a really good connection in the studio. Um, and I, di- I didn't even really know too much about him going into it, but I liked his sound. And you just like what I was telling you, he does a show, comes back to the studio, 
the next day and we lock in and make a song we were we locked in it was like such a good connection we locked in for like two days just back to back 10 hour days 10 plus hours each day in the studio and i think we made like some like five songs oh shit and then like one of those you know that one that's on the project was like yeah we'll put that on the project and what is that it's not called whiskey it's like the second or third song on the project what is it called again it's called hundred dollar bills hundred dollar bills yeah yeah i I love that song and he was he was just really cool man and his manager with sam was awesome and it was just them two in the studio we were just vibing for two days you know it's great yeah so at this point is it more that people just know who you are or do they or do you use the fact that you're part of closed sessions for people to work with you like what is like the trade-off or like how does it weigh out yeah i think i mean i i don't i think i have a, a decent kind of uh outreach locally more than anything right now and i think it's it's grown exponentially since like the mother nature project and stuff like that in this uh closed sessions project um but a lot of the times yeah i mean it's all about the team like closed sessions really kind of alley-oops a lot of stuff to me and me being the in-house producer over there uh I, you know i'm catching every single one of them and trying to dunk it because mm-hmm. like they'll be like yo so-and-so is in town and and uh they're they want to come to the studio want you you got any beats for this guy you got any beats for that guy whatever and uh i'm just down for the work like right you know i try to never lose sight of that that i'm just you know i can't say no to things in terms of like make a song with someone big or small artists really you know i think it's only going to benefit me as a producer and that's like really one of the benefits of being a producer because you know rappers kind of i think rappers or or artists vocalists work on an album or work towards an album or something like that but me i can have my hand like Mm. in everything you know and that's how i want to be is you come to me for a certain thing and and i'll work with you and then at the same time i can be working on something over there you know like so are you you tapped in locally so if there's like a artist that maybe only has like 300 followers and he hits you up what are the chances Mm -hmm. of someone chicago with like no following i mean let's lock in let's like there's it isn't anything to lock in at the studio Let's see what happens. It's it literally like that is all I do. I don't have a job with a boss. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I make my own schedule. I record people at the studio um, as kind of my side job, you know. But uh, yeah, if I have free time and you're like, so hey, yo, this is my stuff. Check it out. Or or some small smaller artists, you know, and you want to just lock in and see how it goes. Let's do it. You know, it's nothing to spend that time for me and. I'm pretty quick when it comes to like making a beat in front of somebody. Oh, that's dope. Which is something that I've like really worked hard to, to get to that point. I never thought that I would be able to like sit in front of someone and like make a beat, but um, I'm pretty fast now. And yeah, I'm just, let's go. Like if nothing comes from it, then it's not even time wasted. It's just like a workout, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's dope. Like you're doing what you love and that's what the, the most important part right <laughs> it is yeah absolutely man for sure so who are your favorite artists you've worked with because you've worked with some pretty dope artists um i mean mother nature is like i think the process of like making seasons with them was like so seamless and easy and they're just like two genuinely great people 
Um, and going back to what you said about like, you know, having someone gotten the come up, like investing into them and then later seeing that, you know, knowing that they have a vibe around them, that's going to take them somewhere. Like it's, I feel that way with them all the way. Like, I think they just got what it takes. Um, but yeah, that there, I mean, putting that project together was like, I think a really important thing for me, but, um, my guy, Johnny Jones from Chicago, uh, we have a great like studio relationship and like musical relationship and just a friendship overall. Um, or we just, it, it, again, it's nothing to get in with him and just like, let's make something, see what happens. Right. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of like bigger, uh, Dave B is definitely on that list. Cause that was just such a fun session. Um, Bun B. Oh, that was a dope song. I forget, what was the name of that song again? Suckers. Suckers. Oh, Suckers. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that one was just crazy. Like, that's just like, you know, any, anytime you, uh, you get like, like a voice like that, you know, like that's so familiar and so legendary, like, and you hear it on like something you made, it's just like, you're like, I'm taken back to being like a teenager, you know, like, and like figuring out how to make beats again and falling in love with that process. Um, so yeah, I think those are some of my, my tops, uh, right now. So for, sure. for like a producer, is it harder for a producer to blow up like where like they have genuine fans versus having like genuine artists that want to work with them? Because I feel like a lot of the times producers are kind of behind the scenes. And I've, I don't know if it's that recent, but it seems like it's more recent that producers have like actual tags that they shout out in songs. Right. I think it's, I, I don't know. I think it's like a slower process sometimes i guess it's hard for me to say though because i can't speak on what it's like to be a a rapper you know i I don't i don't Mm. make music with my voice like that but um i think in recent memory like in, in recent times it's become easier for a producer um to market themselves you know i think soundcloud had like a major thing to do with that with like you know the selection people and and all that and just people being like dang this is like a dope beat like i'm gonna put this in my likes and now i'm gonna follow like this random producer on soundcloud who you don't even know their face but they Mm. have like thirty thousand followers or whatever um and i mean the tag is important too you know like you got to have like some type of way to um i guess protect like your your sounds you know like because you never know sometimes i mean beats could go everywhere like you never are you're not really in control of where things end up sometimes you know unless it's sitting on your hard drive collecting dust in the digital space like that then you have control over it but once you put something online like it could get ripped it could you know i mean it could go anywhere so you have that tag on there at least to like you know they could cut around it a lot of the times people (laughs) tag but yeah, it's another thing of like, you know, branding yourself and just letting people know this is like, this is a boathouse beat or a, a murder beat, you know, yeah. like. How, how did you get your beat? It's like, the, it's like a girl's name, boathouse or something like that, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's from Gossip Girl, the show Gossip Girl. Okay. I ripped it from uh, a scene. I, I was just like looking, I've watched all the uh, seasons of Gossip Girl, a little low key fact about me. Um, the new didn't they just come out like a new series of Gossip Girl too? Haven't seen that, but <laughs> all the OG Gossip Girl, I've seen all that. 
Um, I don't even know why I watched all that, but <laughs> I have. Like looking back, I don't think I remember too much of it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, um, what's her name? The it's the girl who plays Serena Blake Lively. It's okay. her voice on like the phone, and she just like says Boathouse in a in like a whole sentence, and I just chopped around it. Oh wow. Yeah. Wait, how did you even get your name, first of all? Oh, that's a good question, too. Um, it's kind of, a, I guess, a little bit of a long story as well. But uh, there's a couple of different reasons. Like, I like the the picture that it, like the image it kind of brings to my mind of like just a lake and a boat on the lake uh, or a boathouse on the lake. I, I just I've been around water growing up in Minnesota, 10,000 lakes and all that, you know, so um I like that the image that it brings to mind, but really uh, how like the actual name came about is me and my friend Jack in high school, we were like designing t-shirts for a little bit and just like trying to like, you know, mess around with that design and printing shirts and selling them or whatever. And uh, we were always talking about like brand names and like throwing around cool brand names, whatever. And I'm making beats at the time and um, just learning and, he said something about Boathouse is like a cool brand name. That'd be like a cool name for like a t-shirt brand. I'm like, oh yeah, it's dope. And he goes, you should just take that as like your, your producer name. That's a pretty cool name for a producer too. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's change it. And I just like, you know, changed my SoundCloud and like, you know, whatever <laughs> oh, wow. it was, at the time, but it just stuck. And I think over time it's kind of gotten this meaning of like, um, you know, I like to make all different types of music, whatever I like, you know, I don't really put myself in a, in like, one one box of like i only make this type of music and you could one could say it's like a floating home floating around Mm. the water and kind of like landing wherever it lands just changing sound so um i like that too because that just kind of doubles down on the the imagery that it brings to my mind and there's also house boats exactly and i think a lot of people think boathouse means house boat but they don't i didn't i just realized that recently too because um so the studio that we're at right now me and ole it's um in this area in seattle north seattle called green lake and there's Mm -hmm. all these really cool parks and like um one of my favorite foods is like poke or sushi Mm -hmm. so i get my poke or my sushi and i go to this park i always forget the name of the park and i always have to look it up on google maps i just i can't even think it's I have no idea what the name of it, but it's a really cool park. And like, if, if I ever see like the image like on Google, I'm like, that's the one. It's, it's really mm-hmm. cool looking. And like, it's on the lake and across. So the, the park's right here, the lake, and then on the other side, there's just rows of boat house of house but wait houseboats. Boathouse. A boathouse is like where you park your boat. Yes. And then a houseboat is you live on the water, in a like houseboat. You know, like it yeah. floats around. It's like a boat. Have you been in a boathouse? I think so. I mean, yeah. There's like, <laughs> dude, there's boathouses everywhere. There's tons of them in Chicago too. Like, there's like restaurants called Boathouse, and they're right on like the lake and different parks out here. Um, all the all the time, I get friends like text me a picture of like a a boathouse with like a sign <laughs> or something. It says it, and they're like, "Hey, check oh, it wow. out. It's you." You know, that's funny. Yeah. So how many artists have you locked in for, for like albums, whether they're out or not? Well, it, the, 
this is kind of, I guess, like a new thing that I, I'm like finally getting into. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like produce full albums for people. Um, but with the mother nature thing, it really kind of like, you know, jump started me a little bit to be like, yeah, do more of this, like do more entire project, whole sound kind of stuff. And, um, right now I'm working on something with uh, an artist called Defsy from out here. He's just like a really incredible rapper. Um, and it's, it's a lot of the stuff that I like really like to ride around to like rock Marciano and, okay. And, uh, you know, like Raekwon and, and kind of just like older vi- sample-based alchemist type vibes, yeah. you know? And um, it's really, it feels like more natural making something like that, that I'm really like into like this on, on this level. So um, that's what I'm working on right now with him. And that should be be out, you know, hopefully, I think beginning of next year or something. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know where to go next. It always just kind of presents itself. Like I, there was no plan on a follow-up to what I'm going to be doing next after the mother nature thing, or after even the compilation with closed sessions, it was just like, they always seem to present themselves. If you, if I keep just like making beats and it was kind of a really great time to link with Defsy because we've known each other for years and years um, and made music here and there, but he's kind of at a point where he's starting to get kind of like recognized a little bit in the scene out here. Um, And I think I am kind of too. And it was kind of like a moment where we can like, okay, this is perfect. He's also about to have, you know, like a child soon. And so we were trying to like get this in before he becomes like, he's on dad mode for a while, you know? So um, yeah, it was just like a really good, like really good timing to kind of just finally lock in with him and, again it was it's like just quick turnaround of like how we're making these songs come to the studio or sent, i sent him beats right away and i was like take your pick from some of these let's see where we're going he picked like i sent him maybe like seven to start and he picked uh i think maybe like one or two out of that first batch and then i sent him like seven more he picked one more and then we just linked up and just started knocking stuff out you know wow. record those ones make new songs and yeah um i just the process of it is like getting easier the the longer i've been in the game you know and and i i like that about it because when i sit down to make something i want to make something i don't want to sit there and figure it out i want to just like go i want to hear something as soon as possible do you have like uh any aspirations to have like a protege or like an artist that you've been waiting for to just work with and like help build up through your beats and Hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard to look at, look at that as like a protege, I guess, but like, maybe not a protege, so, but like maybe. so many like friends, you know, that are like just dope and, you know, all creating on their own too. to link with those type of people is always the best, you know, that's kind of how it is with like Defsy a little bit. It's just what I was saying about perfect timing and knowing each other and kind of watching us both sort of elevate to a certain point mm-hmm. you know still so far to go but like oh it's perfect timing let's do this now this is great you so know? when you first started was it all just through like friends or was it through interning like how did you first find like your first artist to like produce for that actually made some type of noise dang i don't know man that's crazy that's like a i'm trying to think of like what the first thing 
that I like made with someone and like put out was, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, do you remember like Raider clan at all? Dude, I just had fucking Kenyatta on. Oh, dope. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) So here, here's this, here's a little quick Raider clan story. Right. Mm. So, um, so I was in, I was like 16 when I started making beats. Right. And I'm, I have like an MPC 2000 XL and that's what I thought you make beats on. I knew, I knew that there was like fruity loops and stuff at the times, but like, I had no idea that like, I thought it was all hardware. I'm watching YouTube videos of Kanye in the studio on an MPC. And I'm like, that's how you make beats. I got to get one of those if I want to learn. So I I bought one. Right. And I'm like, back a few bucks, huh? uh, A bit. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think they're more expensive now, but like, um, at the time, yeah, it, it, definitely as a high schooler it was a couple a couple paychecks or whatever and maybe a little bit of like hey mom and dad i'll go you know three quarters of this in if you you know pay for the last little bit but like um yeah so i was like making beats and like you know looking back they're just like so garbage but like uh i made this one and like i was like a really big it was like right when asap rocky popped and he's like really cool with like space ghost perp and it was like that era you know yeah it's like all that stuff and uh there's a guy in raider clan named young simmy yeah 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 yeah. and i found his email and i sent him this beat and he hit me back and he's like this is hard and like he put up like a, just like this freestyle on you or on a uh, soundcloud of it and it's like the first time that anyone that I was, I was so geeked up about it, dude. Like, and like my friends at school who we all listen to, you know, Raider clan stuff. They're like, yeah, this is crazy. But like, I was so geeked up about it. And like, it's, it's just like kind of, it's a freestyle. It's like got some silly bars in it. It's a great moment. And shouts out to young Simi is awesome for me. But like, you know, um, I think that was like the first, that was like the first at the time, what I felt was like big artist to like get on something of mine. Um, damn oh yeah that was that was kind of a silly moment man but it's it's cool to look back at that yeah that's awesome isn't isn't he going on tour with idk right now he might he might he might be i don't know I think um it's, let me just look real quick i'm pretty sure it's like young simi idk that'd be dope Amir it's good to know Van, he's still out here and rico nasty that's so dope that rico nasty and uh idk are close dude idk is dope man he is cool I think it's Young Simi. Don't quote me. I don't want to just be on my phone the entire time. But um, I think it's right. I think it's Young Simi. It's so I'm cool like that people too. are going on tour, but at the same time, it's kind of it's kind of scary. <laughs> a little bit, you know. It's just like things are so up in the air right now. It's like yeah. hard to hard to know what the right move is. I think a lot of the times. Yeah. I guess fortunately enough, I'm not like like I don't have to think about touring and that sort of thing you know yeah do, pro- do producers tour <laughs> i've toured a ton in the past oh shit um yeah i used to but i also dj okay and so, so i i toured with um alex wiley um when i was like around the time i was like an intern at the studio and uh Kwaku collins is another artist that i toured with you have that um i really don't know whose project it is it's uh, I've list I listened to it, but I don't know if it's yours or who whose, but the the Szechuan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um yeah, that was that was like a closed sessions kind of a thing. It was when okay. uh it was when me, um, this producer Odd Couple and uh Kwaku Collins were all on the label at the same time and, and we just kinda we were in the studio all the time together and, and just kinda like 
made a little mini project real quick of like me and Kwaku on a song, my song, Odd Couple's song, Odd Couple and Kwaku, and then just a Kwaku song. So it was like we all kind of got a little sort of like shine that way. But yeah. Is wait, is Odd Couple from Chicago as well? He's from Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, he's from Milwaukee originally. But yeah, he's out here for sure. That's crazy. I, I've been t- I've been tapped into these artists since I was like a little kid. And I yeah, just man. didn't know. Like I, there there's go. this one, I think it's like called like Chatterbox or something, the odd couple. Yeah, that's his that's his first album. Dude, that shit blew me away. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll show people re- that occasionally and they'll be like, dude, did this just come out or something? This is dope. Yeah, no, it's solid. And that's like he's he's got that that kind of like uh he he was good at getting different artists in the studio, you know, um at that time, especially people who were who were kind of like on the come up and in the scene and making that album. So he's, he's got that, that ear to like, be like an actual, like a uh, producer making albums with different artists, mm-hmm. you know, producer albums, I guess is what you would call them, you know? Wait. So is Chicago like a scene that people feel like they have to tap into? I haven't really thought about Chicago. I know it's a music scene, but I haven't really thought of it as like a, I'm always telling people we can be like, in Seattle, like we can be the next LA, we can be the next Atlanta, right. but like, is Chicago like actually up there? Do you feel that? Like, do people check? I, I do. Wow. Yeah, I I think so, man. I mean, like, and look at like the past like ten years and the artists that kind of like are are huge now. A lot of them are from Chicago or like had some type of um, say in the way the music industry was going to shift. You know, yeah. those artists are from Chicago. Chief Keef, you know, like when he was like blowing up, dude. That was everyone wanted a piece of Chief Keef, bro. Like, that's all Chicago, man. That's all Chicago. Wow. Or like Dirk, little Dirk's from Chicago, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, dude. I I mean, it's one of those it's one of those scenes that's like, I think, I don't know if this is true or not, but like, L.A. is like, it's almost like you have to go to L.A. at a certain point to get to you know as as you're kind of a growing artist to like work out there and meet the people and shake the hands of like you know label people or whatever whatever you're if that's what you're trying to do mm-hmm. but it's like Chicago is just like and then when you want to come back and like lock in on like your music or figure out your sound or something like that I feel like this is the place where just artists just figure out their voice wow do you know who the band like the oh my's are by any chance yeah for really? sure really mm-hmm. see that's so wild i've been are they from chicago or no yeah mm-hmm. what yeah, the definitely. hell i've been listening to chicago music for years and Dude, I always I'm you're to... tapped in bro you're tapped in you don't even know it man that is wild but i always yeah. tell people about these artists and no one knows who the fuck they are right but, dude though the oh my's are like my favorite band of all time and yeah incredibly talented people and they just, down. oh my God. See, if I, that's like one of my dream interviews. I don't even know if they're that crazy big, but I feel like they're hard to reach and they know they're really connected. Like their first, I don't know if it was, no, it was like their second project. They had like GLC and Chance the Rapper. Yeah. And then they released a project last year or the year before and had like Saba on it. It was, oh, I, I'm like the Oh My's biggest fan and they don't even know who I am. But dude, you could, you could get in touch with them easy. Man. I need to figure out how to. That's Chicago's dope. <laughs> yeah man I'm very dope so how did you feel about was is it I think I pronounced it wrong is it Lollapalooza or Lollapalooza you got it first time yeah okay. Lollapalooza how, how did you feel about that I was talking to um 
I was talking. Oh my gosh, I just blanked on their names. I forget who I was talking. To. I was talking to um, this one artist, Rents from Seattle. He uh, he's he performed at Lollapalooza, and I was talking to other people that who kind of think about going to Lollapalooza, and then I was talking to some Chicago artists that were kind of skeptical about Lollapalooza and like how that might affect COVID. Like, how did you feel about Lollapalooza um, happening in Chicago? I mean, Lollapalooza is always kind of like an interesting time in the city, like even without a global pandemic, but like, <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's it, like you get a lot of like out of towners and, and like young kids who, who don't really have any regard for like the city. Mm. Um, and so that can, that's always going to be kind of like a nuisance I'll say. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's an expensive festival to go to. So it's kind of limiting, uh, some it's limiting with who may want to go but can't afford to go okay so you get a lot of like kind of uh just interesting white kids there (laughs) causing a ruckus but like um but yeah i mean with like with like covid dude it's like i think it's kind of a silly move kind of a silly move to have it but i understand like i guess the city being like we kind of need to have Lollapalooza you know Um, like or we want to have it you know but um I don't know I mean like it's I think it's Lollapalooza is great for up-and-coming artists too though like like the person you were just talking about from Seattle right yeah Rents Rents is dope yeah like performing at Lollapalooza dude that is a huge moment like that's a huge moment and if that wasn't happening this year that might not have happened for them you know true um me and Kwaku Collins, one of the other artists that I, I was DJing for, for a while, we did Lollapalooza in 2017. And it was like, you know, we were like 1 p.m. on like the Pepsi stage, which is like, it's like the same stage as like that, like Uzi closed out that night and like Kay Trinata was on that oh, one. No. We had like the first set of the day, the afternoon, like on this stage. And it was like a, like super, like incredible moment. Like it was like, unforgettable i can't believe we're playing Lollapalooza, you know so i think you know it's it might be not the best idea with the pandemic going on <laughs> to have it but like what can you do man what can you do i'm vaccinated i know if i was there i didn't go but like i know if i was there I, i'd you know probably have my mask on or like maybe be i'm not in the crowd anyways <laughs> like in general i don't like to be like smushed up against people so right I'm 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 out of the fray as much as possible. So, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 weird, man. Probably not the best move, but whatever. We'll see. Yeah, That's give a... it two weeks. We'll see. Oh man. So, how has COVID affected like your producing? Has it just stayed the same? Are you able to? Were you able to go to the studio at the beginning of the pandemic, or how did it work out for you? It's tricky at the top at the top of the pandemic. You know, everything shut down, and everyone kind of thought. Um, you know, this is like, oh, I'll give you two weeks. We'll be back open. We're just going to shut down for two weeks. Yeah. And then two weeks is a month and a month and a half. And then, you know, cut to a year later. But like at the top of it, um, the studio shut down, closed up, um, which is like one of my main sources of income, you know. And mm. so uh, that was kind of tough at the time. But, you know, I had some savings I could fall back on, fortunately enough for me. And and I live with my girlfriend. And she had some savings. So we were okay. Um and I just, you know, it was like beginning of the pandemic was like so interesting. It's so interesting to look back on 
And I say all of this, like, you know, completely aware that like people died and like lives were changed forever, you know, but like, um, it almost felt like before everything got crazy with George Floyd and all that, that there was a a sense of like, we're going to lock it down and we're all going to be cool. You know, we're going to be fine before everything got politicized with the masks and stuff. It was like, kind of a nice feeling in the air it's like oh yeah you know tiger king whatever like put the netflix on all that and um as far as producing went like i guess for me man like it just like allowed me to like get a lot of stuff that was on my plate that shouldn't have been there or like was taking up too much space just get that out of here dude and like (laughs) make some space for other stuff like we started like a beat stars store, me and my manager for, for my beats and, um, you know, got in contact with a lot of the guys over there. And that was great. Cause that's something I was putting off is like, how should I, do I want to sell my beats online? And it was just a perfect time to try that out. And making beats at home has never been more easy <laughs> during all that. Cause there wasn't really nothing else to do. So you know, I'd wake up, make some coffee and like just sit down and make beats all day. And it was kind of a beautiful thing. So I got to at least add to the vault, you know? Yes. And then once the studio opened back up and, and money could be made with uh, certain guidelines and all that, then I was back in the studio. So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's weird. I think a lot of artists will kind of say a similar thing. I think it was just like, it was nice to just make music. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that mm-hmm. in like a, in like a optimistic way, you know, at least like there right. was a, I think a lot of artists, if they use their time wisely, they they learned more about themselves and their music, and a lot of cool stuff came out of it. A lot of cool opportunities came out because you could, like, you could basically reach out to like almost anyone during the pandemic, and they'd respond because they're all doing the same thing, just chilling yeah. at home at the, for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was kind of like it was kind of nice to just like hit people up and be like, "Yo, you got a mic at home? Let me send you. Let me send you some beats. I've been working on some stuff." And anything that didn't go that way i just then i could just put it up on the the beat store and see what happened with that you know so yeah, yeah. do you have any tips for like up and coming producers on how to make money at producing hmm you know i guess like it depends on like where you're at in your in your stage of development i think you know i i uh i taught a couple like production classes to at a music school oh, over wow. the past year um to really young kids a lot of times like 10 years old stuff like that and my biggest piece of advice to them when they were learning like how to make beats they're so eager and I totally get that eagerness especially just like thinking back about when I was learning how to make beats I'm so eager to just like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and then I got a beat to Chance the Rapper or whatever you know like shooting for the stars here (laughs) and thinking it's easy but the biggest piece of advice that I've heard from people and that I try to tell like other people getting into producing is just like, it is okay to suck for a while and you probably will suck for a while, you know, and you might not think you suck, but when you are better and you look back, you'll be like, dang, I'm so much better than I was. And I can say that personally, you know, and it's just a matter of like, keep pushing through that and just know that if you're patient and you keep working at something, you're going to get better at it, you know? And that goes with all art forms, you know? Um, But as far as making money, I think it's just like, there's more than enough money to go around. 
and if you know how to DJ, if you know how to engineer, if you know how to print shirts, but what you want to do is be a producer, do that stuff at the same time. It's not like you're, it's not like there isn't enough time in the day for you to like, you know, go work at a coffee shop and then like come home and make beats or go to the studio or whatever. So I think at the earliest stages, it's just like, get out here and figure out how you can make some money. And then with the goal in mind of like, I want to be able to stop doing this to make money and shift only to music to make money or something like that. How long do you think it was for you before you started making money in music? I mean, I feel like, I feel like I just started like making a livable (laughs) wage, like three years ago, maybe, but like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess like probably like three, four years ago, Wow. but you know, I think it just gets better. Like it just gets, gets better. And, and I'm by no means like wealthy or anything, or like, I don't really have dough rolling in like that. You still got to work hard, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, I've had, I worked at a coffee shop, like when I was interning at, at the studio, you know, and I don't think there's any shame in that. Um, and just like I said, I was teaching like production lessons to like 10 year olds for like the past year, you know, and I don't know, that's cool too. I remember when I was like 16 and like, I would have killed to have like, I guess a teacher, maybe like me now, like talk to me about music the way I would talk to like kids about music, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you just gotta like keep that goal in mind of like, I would like to do music all the time, you know? And like, just know that that's fine and make my own schedule. I don't really like having a boss too much. I don't like requesting <laughs> days off and I don't have to do that anymore. I can make my own schedule. I talk to my own clients. I set up sessions with people I want to work with when I want to work with them and we'll see what comes from that, you know? And how did you start making money with DJing? Like what does like a average club look for? Cause there's like, so there's, yeah. there's like, there's like the beat mixing and then there's like the scratching. Like, so when, if there's like an up and coming DJ, what do clubs actually look for? Do they care if you know how to scratch or do they look more for people that can just make a flow, a flowing set? Or what yeah, is it? that's a good, that's a good question. I don't think they really care. I don't think they're really checking for like, if you got like, like skills like that, you know, like uh, technical, like turntablism and stuff. You know, I, when I was like learning how to DJ, I learned to DJ around the same time that um, I was getting into production. So I'm like 16 and uh I was really into the history. Like I really was like blown away by hip hop and like DJ premier and Qbert and the, you know, the, the DMC like uh, DJ competitions and all that. And like how these people push the limits of like what a turntable is supposed to do and really like treating it like an instrument instead of like just this thing that plays music. Um, So that was like where I came from, but I think it's the same as like, pop music you know it's like sometimes pop music isn't necessarily like the greatest songwriting or the greatest um production but something about these songs is like palatable to the wider audience which is why they're you know in the billboard top whatever every week and it's djing i think is kind of the same it's like you have to kind of know that like i might want to play just a whole set of like old currency mixtapes and like Boldy James and like I, that might be what I want to play as a DJ but like 
I'm here and there's an entire crowd of people out on Saturday buying drinks and hanging out and wanting to like dance. So like, I can't just sit here and play, you know, my mm. favorite Wiz Khalifa song from when I was 19. I got to play that Olivia Rodrigo song that's going so hammer on the radio, you know? And oh, like, shit. I don't even like that song, but it is what it is because DJing is like, like DJing at a club for like money, right? Like I, uh, I DJ twice a week, Fridays and Saturdays consistently at a, a bar out here called the live one. I got the whole back room. It's a little dance floor and it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's just all about like, it's just all about keeping those people energized and like dancing and, you know, buying drinks, I guess is like kind of like your, your job description as well. But like, um, it, it can be fun and it's like a challenge and I'm always up for like a challenge like that, where it's like, I don't like some of these songs, but these people like these songs and I want to, I want to have a good vibe back here, you know? Oh, wow. So yeah. when you want to like play a set, you actually like, does that, does that come down to like throwing your own party or doing like a concert then? It could. I mean, um, I'll say this, I'll say shouts out to, uh, to Vans and channel 66, their, their, uh, live stream that they got going. Um, I got a pretty good relationship with the people over at house of Vans out here, which is like a skate park and, and venue space in Chicago. So dope. They, got, they got them all over the place, but, uh, they, they've been doing like live stream DJ sets and bands like over the course of lockdown, which has been great for me because I'll DJ there once a month and it's two hours and there's no crowd it's just like a twitch you know a streaming crowd or whatever so there's no pressure to have anyone be dancing or anything and usually i'm djing at like 10 in the morning too which is like you're getting up and you're like making breakfast or whatever so i'll try to like play stuff that's more like in that vein of like this is the stuff i like to listen to and i'm gonna have a set revolve around this you know so i there's certain places and certain vibes that 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 make that possible um boiler room like the boiler room series is one of those i've done two of those and those sets are always like a little more eclectic you know where you don't necessarily need to play popular songs and if if you did play popular songs that's kind of like not what that's for you Mm. know it's more for like just like a vibe and like just something something else you know like you, you, I don't know if you ever watched any of those sets. Have you? Have you seen any of those boiler rooms? I actually have not, but I, I love the DMC stuff. Like I love like DJ oh, Craze yeah. and all those guys. Dude, I mean, you could go back and watch years worth of footage of of those competitions, and it's like, I, like I, talking through the fucking <laughs> turntable. Dude, when they diss each other, it's the best. Like DJ battles when they're like cutting up like, like just like insults at each other. It's the best. Dude. It's so sick. That, so when you're DJing, do you prefer like instrumentals or do you prefer like having like actual songs or? I prefer whole songs. I think um, it's it's fun to figure out how to like transition from song to song and like keep the flow going without disrupting the energy. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've I've done a couple sets too that are just beats of mine, just like a beat set. You know, and like figuring out how that works and how to get creative with that. That's another fun thing to do. Oh, and what are beat tapes meant for? Like when you just released a beat tape, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. what do, what are, what is in mind? Like when a producer releases a beat tape, do they want people just to enjoy it as it is? Or are they looking 
for artists to be like, oh shit, I really enjoyed this beat tape. I want to hop on one of those songs. Like what's the goal in mind when people release beat tapes? It could, I mean, like that's, I think that's, for me, I just look at the different possibilities when I release something like that. Um, let's say best case scenario, right? Is I put out like a beat tape and then like uh, some big artist finds it raps over it don't even hit me up for it and then all of a sudden there's like a song that i produced that's like out of nowhere out of thin air essentially is like a big song or something that mm. could happen it probably won't but like my purpose at least on on putting out some of those or uh, i'm putting out this in velvet series i think is what you're talking about um is i i make so many beats constantly and if nothing comes of them they sit there right. on the hard drive you know and this series is meant more as like, let's just put them out. Let's just put these beats out. They're not spoken for when they go out. It's not like they can't be made into another song with an artist down the line. It's just like, I'm tired of just like have, like pr producers just sit on music, you know? And they might link with an artist and that artist might rap over this beat of theirs and then nothing comes of it. And what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to, am I supposed to hit you up and like ask, hmm. Hey, what's up with that song? Or are you, are you telling, are going to tell me what's up or what's happening with this? You know, I live in limbo all the time. So wow. if I put these songs out, I'm in, in control of them. I'm also showcasing people like this is the vibe I was on at this point. And the next one might be 100% different. The next song I put out might not sound anything like these beats. But this is what I'm on now. This is like a moment in time, I guess, of me as a producer and my sound. And if you're into it and you want to rap on it, have at it, you know? Like um, the Mother Nature song Goofies with Valet is on my first In Velvet tape. And it's a beat called Cassius okay wow so that's there there's a song i did with the johnny jones another friend of mine that just came out that one's on the first in velvet like you know it just but it, did you did you recommend those songs to those artists or did they already hear them and then they said they wanted to work on them that that's another interesting point is like i didn't actually and actually uh the mother nature song was made um before i think we even put that beat tape out but I knew it was going to come out, but they, I had played them that beat mm -hmm. before I'd even thought about putting out like beat tapes. Um, and then the Ajani song is like, I, we made, we made this song together, like, like two, two years ago, something like that, you know, and we just made so much music. And also he's a friend. I don't really mind like sitting on stuff for him, you know, and I don't think he minds me playing certain beats for, other people um if the opportunity arises you know but uh yeah i think this the song that just came out of his is called fml it's a pretty dope song and i made that beat and i think it's on in velvet one um but yeah it's just like at the time i wasn't sure if that a johnny song was going to come out and it's just reclaiming the production the production's mine you know uh -huh. i didn't make this beat with anyone else so i can put it out Let's put it out. Why not? And in the meantime, while we're working on whatever album or with whatever artist that's coming next, I always got something that's like, this is what I'm on now, you know, tap in if you want. Oh, it's almost and, like a resume in some sorts. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to think of it as kind of like a time capsule. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's dope. Mm -hmm. So who are like the top three most promising artists coming out of Chicago right now? 
Um, dang, that's a good question, man. I mean, up and coming artists coming out of Chicago, I'd say Solo Sam Ooh, is I on the Solo list. Sam. He's so dope. Um, you know, Mother Nature and all the great thinkers, that's their collective. Like they, they got some incredible talent in, in that collective. Um, and what else? A Johnny for sure. A Johnny's just dope and been grinding for so long, man. He's just incredible. But I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I'm like leaving people out of this <laughs> list, you know, but those, at least the homies get, get a little shine for sure. Hell yeah. And who are three artists you want to work with? Like, dream artists or whoever um hmm. changes all the time dude <laughs> evidence from dilated peoples is Ooh. like my favorite artist favorite rapper like of all time and it would be really 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 dope to like get get a a, a beat of mind to him that would be really cool um but i mean yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably like a year ago or like two years ago, I probably would have said like Kanye or whatever. And, you know, all, all it's just like so many artists that I, it would be amazing to work with these people. But, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I'm such a fan of like the craft. And I feel like most of the artists I'd want to work with are like producers. Like I, nice. I just want to be around them. I would love to just like, I'd love to go to like an alchemist rap camp or something mm. and like see vince staples and like conway and like all these people just kind of like in the room kind of mingling with each other um but yeah i don't know i mean mad lib freddie gibbs uh let's make it yeah, happen yeah dude charlie oh. xax i'd like to work with her she'd be awesome oh yeah i could see i love that. me some pop queens dude i love pop music in general it's just got a special place you know right there so really i thought you were yeah. shitting on it i thought you said it was too simple <laughs> no, I love it, dude. I mean, I, it, the thing is, is I love the simplicity of it. And sometimes it's just like beautiful garbage, dude. You know, <laughs> it's just like, you just like, you found all the right things to make this song like out of here, you know, like yeah. just to hit that Kid Leroy, Justin Bieber song. Have you heard that one? <laughs> I've been trying not to. <laughs> dude, it's like two minutes and five seconds of pure, just like pop it's perfect. It's like a perfectly recorded, mixed, produced, written song. It's so perfect. And it just like blows me away. And it's not like there's like, it's not like there's not artistry that goes into it. I'm not trying to say that at all. You know, I think there's a ton of artistry that goes into some of these songs that are like pop masterpieces. Yeah. But because they're so consumable by like the general population, they kind of get a bad rap. Like, you know, this is, oh, you like Justin Bieber or whatever, dude. Like, it's just, he's just like a pop star or whatever. But like, it's like, there's so many writers and producers working on these huge songs that you've got to just, at least as a producer, sit back and go, damn, like <laughs> these people make gold, you know? Yeah, I feel that. So what's next for Boathouse? Any up and coming things you're excited to announce or? Um, the Def Sea Project, you know, look out for that as we kind of start rolling that out. It's still in the works. Um uh, another in velvet that series is going to keep coming um and uh i think that's pretty much it man it's just uh, just a lot of just making beats all the time dude something something else is going to come up that i had no idea that i would even need to announce it you know hell yeah that's yeah. dope you got a little bit of like seattle ties fucking alex wiley lives in seattle now too and you work that's with right there yeah you go. <laughs> dude i love seattle man seattle's great 
come out here. We need we need some more. Pro- well, we don't need more producers, but we'd love to have some guest producers out here for sure. Yeah, man. Next time I'm in the city, I'm gonna hit you up for yes, sure. Yes, sir. What is yeah, the yeah. easiest way for people to reach you? Um, underscore Boathouse on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Shoot me a message, you know, if you if you gotta get in tune. And then uh, yeah, just check in with the music on on all streaming platforms, man. It's all there. Boathouse. There we go. This is the NAS podcast with. Boathouse, baby. Pew, pew, pew.